Welcome back, all my faithful listeners. This is your guide through the everlasting wastes of shit that is the internet. My name, as always, is Lou Scunt. I'm a media expert, and I'm here to talk to you today about giant-sized team-up network and their quality shows, as they would call them. What might be on that network, you might be asking? Well, let's just dive right in, shall we? First up, we have Geek Versus. Geek Versus is three people who just sit around talking shit on every single thing except for wrestling. I would recommend this show to all the 12-year-olds who still watch wrestling. <laughs> Toy Power is an Australian-based show, so already you know it's suspect because Australia is filled with nothing but criminals and the descendants of criminals. But they sit around and they talk about toys, mainly He-Man. My guess is because somebody always wanted to be He-Man. Well, I can tell you what, the only master of this universe is your pal, Lou Scunt. <laughs> Blazing Defender Report is a comic book talk show of sorts, where sometimes he interviews quote-unquote guests, and other times he just reviews comic books. Sure, he may be big, and he may be muscly, and he may be handsome and wonderful, and he may even give good information on comic books. But let me ask you, those Funko Pop toys that he's always trying to pawn off, who made those? I'll tell ya. Well, Vietnamese children, that's who. Can't trust that son of a bitch. Botch Podcast, why am I even fucking talking about this piece of shit show? Five assholes who don't even know how to play the fucking game they're playing. I mean, do you even know travel time, bro? It takes at least six weeks to travel that distance on horse. Not to mention you're probably exhausting them. They need a break, you know. Jesus, fucking amateurs. Not even speaking of their dick fart burp humor or whatever. This show's not meant for anybody. Breaking the panel is three greasy white guys who sit on a pulpit of lies and just spout out a bunch of corporate bullshit like that Paul Klotz guy who's pro-corporation and anti-consumer. Real progressive thinking, guys. <laughs> FTH Beyond is pretty much the same fucking show except with one minor upgrade in Kurt who's got the voice of a fucking angel being buttered up in olive oil and sautéed with some steak and hot dogs. Other than that, they just talk about a game that fucking hates its player base and suck the money out of its players like my fourth wife. And lastly, we have Pokemon Go Podcast. Sure, they're promoting exercise, but at what cost? They're also promoting fucking capturing endangered species and locking them in your fucking basement or some shit, all for their own amusement, especially that Charles McFall guy. Swear I heard him last week screaming, dance, manky, dance. Anyways, I give this network, in my expert opinion, 1.3 stars out of a thousand. In fact, you should probably just go on over to www.giantsizeteamup.com and just get a good laugh at all these shows that are absolutely mindably crap. But now the podcasting network review time is over. We're going to take a slight break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about my favorite cat video of the week. Positively going to make you furious with envy. <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. 
Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we talk about all the great, amazing stuff. Actually, you know what? We talk about what the hell we want to talk about tonight on the Rock Out Podcasting Charles McFall, right there, riding shotgun, keeping the bandits off our ass. Phil Keating. What the hell does that mean? You're an ass man. You keep those bandits away. Got to keep them away. Hey, thanks for having me back again. <laughs> and and uh, the man yeah. who needs his TPS reports by this weekend, Paul Klotz. Now you just can't leave, Phil. <laughs> not even supposed to be here today. Phil Snake Moan, Black Phil Moan. I don't know. What the oh. Black I Snake Moan. I love that movie. Oh, you see the movie. It's uh, awesome. I'm it's a big Christina Ricci fan. So yeah, and actually, it was a great movie. But uh, yeah, Casper, am I right? <laughs> 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 Uh, off to a good start always wrong Paul. always wrong anything that's white is wrong have you not lived in today's america do you not understand that's how that works? oh charles we're not going down this road on this show this is america you you and you are correct let's move on <laughs> uh movie pass you know we're, we're doing a movie pass podcast now if you didn't realize and there it is so we, we've been talking about all the bullshit changes right that they've been doing and some people are stuck in it like joe art of pokemon go podcast paid yeah. for a year and it was getting to the point i mean i was i was about to have a fight with my wife because she's just staunch on you know we're gonna ride it till it blows up i'm like no they're being dicks they literally have changed everything from where we signed up right and now now they're overcharging for every movie they red lit i call it red lit they put a little red check mark on all the movies means premium pricing including this past sunday when i was off and could take my son to go see he wanted to see teen titans go and because he's that age and it's appropriate uh no comment Wait, from Paul. which which son ryland oh six. okay yeah, he wanted to go see it. I, oh, okay. Yeah. That was hey, Oakland. That I was going to recommend no, disowning him. No, no. Yeah. That movie is appropriate for all ages. <laughs> Your love of Teen Titans Go is inexplicable and troubling. So, I, I don't know, but the point was it literally was not showing up in the app at all. Only about half the movies were showing up. And I'm like, you know, that's a bullshit. You said, "Oh no, all movie times and blah 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 will show up." But you're you're they actually listed a movie at a theater near me that wasn't in that theater at all, and was was locked out as premium, but wasn't even in the theater. And they, I was limited to seeing the first Purge, which who gives a shit, and Equalizer two, which I haven't seen Equalizer one, so I'm not going to see you. I got to see him in order. That's my OCD. I'm, I'm going to see him in orders if I'm if I'm going to see him. All right. So I, I, I misheard, like I miss. I, I misconnected the dots in my mind when you said the first purge because uh-huh. I thought you meant I, I realized that's the name of the new movie. Yeah. But yeah. at first I thought you meant the first purge movie. Well, like, the why purge, the fuck yeah. are they showing that? And of course they should just let you in for free. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you you could watch that shit on YouTube Red now. Uh I don't know if you can or not. But, uh so I was very irritated, very mad. And then the very next day. Headlines start hitting, email drops into my inbox, and uh, it says, on, oh, before we get to this, I, I can't remember if I told you, but uh, a friend of mine who had Movie Pass who dropped it recently was telling me they went to the movie theater like last week, and it was all surge pricing. So they swiped their Movie Pass cards and had to pay $5 per person. They said they went to, not to the theater, they went to Movie Pass 
to, for $5 per person, and there's four people, that's 20 extra dollars, to get in. And he went to the theater, and it's a theater that holds, you know, a standard theater, holds two or 300 people in it. Ten people. Ten people were in the theater, which means MoviePass was yet again lying because it's supposed to work, Cody Fingers, like Uber and Lyft, where the more demand there is for a movie, that's when the price goes up. This was a middle-of-the-afternoon movie that nobody wanted to see, apparently, and they still had to pay. So it, it was worthless to them. So he, he dropped it and canceled it immediately. Uh, just bad shit all around. But as of Monday, when I couldn't take my son to the film, on August 15th, 2018, we'll hit the one-year anniversary of Movie Pass, revolutionary price point of $9.95 a month. And they do a whole bunch of hoo-ha. But here's the details that you're going to be interested in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Under the new plan, and it goes either, it's either on August 15th or if your renewal dates after August 15th, it takes place then. So under the new plan, MoviePass members will be able to see up to three standard movies a month. Instead of 30, we're down to three. I know Klaus has some stuff to say about this. I'm going to set it up and hand it off uh, for $9.95. And we'll be giving up the $5 discount to any additional movie tickets purchased. Uh, which if you work the plan, you can still get free movies because a lot of theaters have $5 Tuesday night movies and $5 matinees and stuff. Uh, today, 85% of MoviePass members go to three movies or less per month, so these changes cater to the majority of our movie-going community. The new plan will incur include many major studio first-run films, many, it says, not all, and you still can't see Mission Impossible right now. However, there'll be some expect exceptions. Note that theaters with e-ticketing will include all movies and showtimes with no restrictions. So they're bullying other theaters is what it sounds like to me. Uh, we'll be suspending peak pricing and ticket verification requirements for all members in a new plan described above. And basically, it'll hit uh, when you renew. And the truth is, disruption and – Paul, you're going to love this line, and this is where I'm handing it off to you. This is the, the stupidest line in the whole thing. Because it's partially true, but this is not what they did. The truth is, disruption and innovation require staying flexible and having an open mind. We generally strive to offer you a service that is a great deal, and we believe that the new plan we're introducing will be attractive to the majority of our members. So, box clots, everybody. What? <clears throat> oh. Uh, hashtag I told you so. Uh, what, what was my response in the group? Um, you're telling me that 15%. Right. So what you're telling me is your model. Yeah. 15% of your customers see more than three movies a month and therefore just demolished your entire business model. 15%. That's incredible. Like that yeah, is, that's, that is, wow. Whew. Who gives a fuck about being part of the 1%? You're part of the 15%, Charles. I am, you, I am indeed. You and a couple hundred other people have brought <laughs> them to their knees. How many people did they boast they had at one point? Because I know they don't have it now, but they boasted, I think, 3 million users. We need to get point. rid of the 15% that is ruining our business. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. We need to get rid of the 15% that are actually getting what they paid for. Yeah. We didn't think people would actually take advantage of these programs that we, we gave out to the public. We looked at Planet Fitness. Nobody fucking goes there. Like, come on. Look at how much money Planet Fitness makes. Nobody goes there. There's like two people in there. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It uh, is. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like, 
like I said, I told you so. We, we every we you told us you're you're a movie pass holder, and you said from the beginning, I'm gonna ride this out until the writing's not good. Yep. Any of you dumb motherfuckers who signed up for a year, I am sorry, but what I just said is so true. I love you. Not really. We can still be friends, but you're dumb. <laughs> like, why would you give them that much money ahead of time? There's Help. no way. No way that you were ever going to get a year of this. Hold on. How much was the yearly pass? It's like a hundred bucks or something. To, it came to six ninety nine a month. So seven times 12 was at uh, 70, roughly 80 bucks. 80 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was like a hundred or something like that. Cause a lot of the services that are, you know, they usually just give you a couple months free or whatever. But yeah, it's not. It, yeah. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize. Okay, so it's not just that movie pass that the model itself was busted. Yeah. It was obvious that this was going to happen when all of the chains, all the theater chains, were like, "No, no, no, we don't want to fucking play this game with you." No, 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 no. You, ooh, good idea. Fuck off. We're going to do this ourselves. And, yeah. and that when when you have the. The, the the theater lobby, if you will, actively banding together to tell you to fuck right off out of their industry. There was no chance that this was going to work. Nobody it, fucks with big theater. Yeah, nobody fucks with big theater. Uh, if you if if MoviePass was serious about this being a potential thing, about this having longevity, first of all, you would have fucking secured actual funding. Yeah. Yeah. One one way, shape, or other, you would have done multi-tiered, you know, levels from the beginning. Not this one movie a day bullshit. That was stupid. You know what I mean? Like, how six movies a month? Actually, the plan. I know the plan they have now sucks. If but. they if they had offered four to five movies a month at the ten dollars, that's a steal. Still. Yeah, and and the comp- competition at the time was. S I N E was Cinemia, I think, out of Europe, and one right. other, and they were they were offering two movies a month for fifteen bucks, which so, is still a good price depending on where you live. It is, and, yeah, again, depending on where you live, that would absolutely be a date night for me and the wife, and and save us money. But at, compared to what MoviePass is touting, it was, it's not even close. So even if MoviePass, like you said, did five, six, let's just do an even number, six movies a month. Right for ten bucks, mm-hmm. you're blowing your competition out of the water, and it's somewhat sustainable. It, it's man, they have ju- and every step they've taken is to fuck their customers over. Their their non-existent customer service. And I mean that literally. I have never ever once reached a human being there, and I've hit them up on Facebook. I've hit them up on their actual complaint line. I've hit them up in the app. Never once have I gotten a human being response, and rarely do I even get a Zendesk auto response. How, how how do you think that they could afford anybody to talk to you if they're giving away all these movies to freeze to you fifteen percenters? Okay, come on. <laughs> you know, I you know, I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's not like it's not like you motherfuckers got time to talk to anybody on the phone or through any other customer support 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 channel. Here we go. And you're going to see ten movies a day. Okay. <laughs> So, no, no, I mean, that's, that's just the thing is it's like, this was never sustainable. It, like you, when you tell people on un, virtually unlimited movies, you can see a movie every single day out of 30 to 31 days. You're crazy. Like 
you're going to get people who are going to do that. You're going to get people who have nothing going on in their life are going to go see every single movie that comes out every week. You know what I mean? And just fuck you over as a Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, one of the guys who used to work in my office was single, and he got movie pass, and that's exactly what he did. And I don't blame those work. people. I, I'll never blame someone for taking advantage of a program that's offered like this. That would be because you're know using I mean? it the way you bought it, the way it was presented. Right. You know, I, I understand the way you used the word was appropriate, taking advantage. But I, I hear this negative in the light of the email, the fifteen percenters. I, I hear this this negative connotation. There that I know you didn't say, but just from there, it's like, no, you fucking sold this. And every right. step of the way, you went, stop using, the, you bought a car, stop driving the car you bought, stop driving the car you bought. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Stop. Fuck you, man. And that's where I got. Now, with all that complaints being said, three movies a month, and I have two cards. So my wife and I can both go over, we can break it up and get a few more movies if it goes separately, whatever. For $20 a month is what we're paying. If you take away all the other bullshit you've added every step of the way to get here, I can be okay with that. Because for 10 bucks a month, it'll cost me a minimum of $5 per ticket when I go to the movie theater. Because even when I work the deals, that's what it is. It's going to be $5 out of pocket. So at $10, I'm getting a free movie. And if you take away that first run bullshit, if you take away you've already seen this once bullshit, and I, I mean, the ticket scanning was dumb. It obviously goes, we don't trust you. We think you're shitty. But it was easy enough to do. It was like, as soon as you register for the movie, you're like, oh, all right, take your picture. And you but, get your take the picture, you're done. It's easy. But part of that was because people were abusing it. Like, we, we have stories of that. We know that people people found ways to slip concessions out of those charges and, and a number of other things, right? Okay, here's a newsflash. Even with the ticket stub picture, you can still do that. Yeah, but not, it's a lot harder to, you know what I mean? To falsify something like that. So like, I understand them making you jump through the hoops. Well, they're, they were actively trying I didn't to really hate that part, honestly, but they were trying to discourage something like what you and your wife were doing where you had, you know, two memberships and you were passing them around your whole family. I don't think it's as egregious to do it with it when you're talking about you taking your children or her taking your children. That's one thing, mm -hmm. but the, you, it's like Netflix you know, or, or Hulu or whatever, you know, people, there are people who share their account with like 15 people. You know what I mean? There's yeah. always abuses and it, it's to a certain extent it's within reason. You know what I mean? I think we've all paid for a subscription service that we didn't use that month or and whatever. This, yeah. And this dude came from Netflix and the way they handled that sharing is reasonable they, they enabled it <laughs> i mean yeah, like, well, basically. You, can, you, you can you can have your netflix account active on so many devices now exactly that's what i was gonna say so many user accounts and uh -huh. they just they get it they don't care they're like whatever they're, rake, they're raking in the money and doing this word of mouth and that's the thing i mean i pay for a plan because i cut my plan back i think but i pay for a plan that gets two screens at ultra hd or something like that because i like the higher quality i don't need more than two screens at once because i don't really share my login but i could have up to four screens if i wanted to going at one time Ooh, boy. well that means i can share it with you and phil and have one of my kids watching something and me watching something and that mm -hmm. maxes it out and that netflix like no we get it we're gonna make it reasonable i mean 15 people if that's a literal number that's right that's crazy come on man and and that's that's what i'm saying in regards to the movie pass thing is you have a decent idea here. You know, you have a subscription that nets you, uh, you know, X amount of movies a month. You don't have to make it potentially up to 30 or 31 movies. You can make it 
four yeah. or five movies and it's still a great fucking deal. $10 to see more than two movies is a slam dunk, you know, in a month. You know what I mean? I gave up my rewards at AMC theater for movie pass. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't jumped ship to go to AMC's A-lister program because, as I've said many, many times, my local theater's a shithole. And two, they don't show the same movies at the as the other theater. And they're 10 minutes apart. It's, I'm literally in the middle of the two theaters. So it's like if I want to see whatever movie, let's say um, Pacific Rim 2, right? It was only at the mall. It wasn't at AMC. So if I'm right. locked into A-lister, then I can only see what's there. So I'm not jumping that ship. Plus, I don't want to pay 40 bucks a month for movies right now. Right. I just don't know what they expected. I mean, I don't feel, you know, I don't mean to be like Michael Bluth, but what did you expect? What, what was your business model that you thought that this wasn't going to a happen and B, how did you think this was going to be sustainable for so long? Columbia house. That was the business model. (laughs) Oh my God. You're right. Done. Done. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you, you say this guy came from Netflix. No, they. this is a vampire they raised up out of a sarcophagus. <laughs> it's like, I have come from the 90s and I have the best business model. We yeah. gave them five CDs for free and then we sold them a shitload for $25 a month. No, I mean, it, it's. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Phil. I don't I don't know what they thought was going to happen. You have to be smarter than the people you're trying to con. If you're going to be a con man, which is, which is what something like this ultimate, like this, obviously this is a scheme to make money as a company. You have to be smarter than the average bear and get in front of people who are good. Like extreme couponing is a thing, motherfuckers. Like if you're not aware of that out there in the world and you're going to start a business that's going to accept them, you better be aware that extreme couponing is a thing. Oh, dude, we could go yeah. on for a while. No, no, no. But really I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, yeah. like you, would, you, wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't open, like, a local grocery store and not realize that that's something you're going to have to contend with, you know? You're going to have to right. deal with that aspect of the business. Why would you open a subscription service for movie tickets and, and also not realize that you're going to piss off every theater chain in the country? And to be fair, some reports have said the smaller independent chains has enjoyed it because they've seen an uptick. So they didn't mind right. a, a relatively small percentage of concessions. And a, a, uh, I, I think it's weird that you're giving a, a percentage of the door to a company that's paying you to get in the door. But that, that was apparently a thing that was announced at one point is that they negotiated with some I guess what it really was, they were negotiating ticket prices. Instead of paying $10, they'd pay $7. Movie Pass would pay them $7 to keep three. And uh, that's how that's how it is supposed to work. You Obviously, you go to the, the theater chains and you say, okay, we're selling everybody this service. You're a small chain. And it works great with small chains, right? I, my local chain is uh, Marquee. I've talked about this before. Yeah. They have like 20 locations nationwide. They have like one in each state that they operate in. I don't think they have two in any states ever. You know what I mean? So marquee couldn't start a marquee rewards club and have it be very effective because it's not like an AMC or a Regal or whoever, any of the major chains where you could take that town to town when you like, for example, when we all go down to Atlanta for dragon con at the end of the month here, if we all wanted to go see a movie together, being part of little Tom, Dick and Harry chain and 
upstate New York isn't going to yeah. do me any good. But having an AMC or a Regal Club would be fine. So, no, it, and obviously MoviePass is great for them because it gets them business that they might not otherwise get. And that is the heart of what still keeps me with them is for all the bullshit I've had to fight them on and get mad about, they give me a choice. I can, mm-hmm. like you said, I can literally come visit you, Paul, and we can go see a movie and my car will work. And then mm-hmm. I can travel down to Philadelphia and see Dennis because Phil does not give two shits about movies and go see a movie and it'll work. You and can't. That's that's. You don't have to take the wrapper off a movie theater. That's all I have to say. He's not wrong. <laughs> it depends on the neighborhood you're in. I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, we, we've we've kind of beat this to death. But yeah, this. No, they beat themselves to death. Come on. Yes, that's also true. Yeah, that's but. that's fair. So are they going to be? Are they going to make it to year's end? <sighs> yeah, I think on the surface, I'm going to say yes. Because they did that emergency bailout and realized they had to drastically change some shit. And they lost. So when they were boasting 3 million users, uh, the 15% of that is 450,000 people. I guarantee you they've lost double that easy sure. the last three to four months. And especially this month where, I mean, uh, the, the people. And th- that was our. So here's the stupid argument, right? The guy's telling you about that got upcharged five dollars. So the tickets were probably seven bucks a person because at the time he went, he paid his movie pass membership for the month, so ten dollars plus that five dollars per person. So I don't know how many movie passes. I guess he has four. I don't know how many movie passes he has. Uh, so he paid all this money. Then he went and spent a hundred dollars on concessions. And that's that's the thing. I never got concessions before. I do now because I'm not paying to get into the theater. So I work now instead of working my deal to get in the door and doing that, I work my deal to get the popcorn and drinks and everything else and, and work with the theater and not against it. And then you're getting a cut of that. And, and that was the dumbest thing. It's like, you're, you're, and I get it though, but I get it. But he's complaining about spending $20 on tickets when he turns around and spends $100 in concessions. But he wasn't complaining about the money. He's complaining about why the fuck am I giving you money? And that's the thing. I know they lost a lot of people after July 26 when they shut down for a day. You know, yeah. so I imagine. Well, th- that's another thing. Mind. Why did it ever get to that point? Why did you as a company ever get to the point where all of a sudden you just couldn't make payments that day? Because you weren't paying your debt with, you know, with the credit processor. Right. That was yes. the problem. Why? Why would you let it get that far? That's my other thing. Because okay, if I were, I'm not a Movie Pass customer. We had, you know, my roommate and I had thought about doing it, and for months we kept saying, you know, we should probably do that while it's while it's still here. And then every time we were like, yeah, but how much longer is it going to be here? Is it worth the headache? So we never did. We don't. Hey, go, yeah. We see a couple movies a month, anyways. It's not a huge deal. And like I said, I have a small local ch- or we have a small national chain. I'm happy to support the local theater. Um, however, if I was a subscriber for movie pass, if I went to go see a movie at the end of this past month and I got stonewalled by this, no, you know, this yeah. shut down thing, I would have charged back that month. I would have canceled my subscription. I would have called my credit card and said, I'm disputing that last charge. The services were not rendered as, as, you know, as through our contract or whatever, our agreement, I, I'm charging that back. And me, that would be done. And I would just walk away. 
And let me tell you something about chargebacks. I have to deal with that at the school I work with is they're not cheap for the is not cheap. It's not easy. And it's, it's, it's so, and I, I agree with what you're saying in that case that you just described is absolutely accurate, but people use it just as they don't want to pay. You yeah. can get in trouble for fraud, blah, blah. But the, the reality is if they did give their service or even if they didn't and, and they want to make a court, a, a charge, you get charged $30 processing just for the chargeback period. No matter what they take the money out of your account, the, the money that whatever you charge back, plus the 30, and then if you want to fight it, it's a huge, long process. If you don't fight it, you get dinged on I, I, some business reporting on, I don't know if it's a credit report. I'm, that part I'm not entirely clear on, but as a business, right. if you don't fight and win, you get dinged as uh, doing bad business because you you admitted the chargeback was accurate. Mm -hmm. And so if, you, if and I'm sure people are doing that, Klotz, and and I, I'm not, I want to make it very clear could, for all the reasons Charles just listed off, do not charge back somebody that you got what you were offered. And, you know, if, if it was a fair trade or whatever, you know, whatever your agreement was, yeah. if you got the services rendered that you paid for, please do not charge back on anybody, whether it be it's a really movie pass or a video game company or any of that stuff. It's brutal. I mean, it happens to streamers and YouTubers all the time. You know what I mean? With donations and stuff. Cause you can really screw over content creators that way too. So Ooh, please don't. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fucking horrible. Cause it, cause like you've seen that stuff on, um, like on YouTube, you'll see the highlights of the dude that goes around and gives like thousands of dollars to various streamers. He'll go into their stream. He'll be watching. That's his stream, his content. And sure. he'll gift them like a thousand dollars or $5,000 or something like that. Mm. And it's huge for them. You see these people get really excited and everything. And uh, sometimes they cry and you know, they're cause you just change their life. You know, you give somebody who's grinding $500 or a thousand dollars, you just, you just validated their whole month of content. You know what I mean? For a lot of these people. Um, but then when you charge them back, they lose that. Plus what you were talking about, Charles, the fee on top of that. And it, you know, fucks with their accounts and everything. It's bad. So, yeah. and that happens a lot. Um, that happens with video game companies too. Uh, we haven't talked about it on the show, but Warframe, I've been playing Warframe again lately, waiting for the World of Warcraft expansion in a couple weeks, a week. Um, they have an issue where people buy the in-game currency platinum from them, and then they wait a couple months, they trade it around, because you can trade the currency with other people. You can buy stuff from each other and stuff like that. Then they charge it back. And so they have to go in and they try to remove that money from the economy and some innocent people get dinged because of the way they do it. I don't agree with the way uh, they go about it. So if you know what I'm talking about, we can talk about it some other time, but uh, basically it's a huge headache. So yeah, it's a bad thing. But when somebody is charging you a monthly fee, a big company like this, and they don't provide the service that they promised, then yes, I would cancel my membership. Yeah. And I, now I would also, if I had gone a couple times that month and gotten my money's worth that month, I probably wouldn't charge it back. But if I was like, oh shit, it's the end of the month. It's about to run out. I haven't seen a movie yet. I'm, I'm going to go grab a movie this weekend. You know what I mean? And then I went and it didn't work. I would be pissed and I would yeah. absolutely charge it back at that point. And, you know, I made that comment, I think, last week about I'm waiting for the class action lawsuit. And then you were very right in saying they have to have money to be sued. But that's the thing. We've talked to uh, me and Joe being the we here. We've talked to Buckeye Fitzy, who is a lawyer. 
uh, about the potential of this. And he basically said they have to do something super egregious for the courts to even care because service based subscription models like this can change all of that. it's in their terms of service. We can change what we do at any point in time. And yeah. unfortunately, until we and then I'm adding this part, he didn't say this. I'm adding this part until we evolve as a society because we are a service based society now. We call it the uh, the uh, um, gig based economy, and everything is now. Hey, subscribe and get food delivered to your door. Subscribe and get your TV delivered to you through Netflix and Hulu. Subscribe. You know, everything is a a ma a subscription model now, instead of just pay for this thing and get it done. Until we evolve past the newness of this and understand what this means as a society to hold up a standard, because there's no standard now yet. There's nobody we can point to that I know of that's a universal standard that says, no, this is how subscription models should be done. And then the courts are going to eventually make laws based off of that model. We have to get to that point. And, well, and until then, all we can do is what you just said, Klotz. Raise hell on social media, push back. And in this case, push back work. And the th part I didn't read is like, we heard you. The parts you hate are the uh, um, surge pricing, the premium pricing, and the ticket stuff. I'm like, who the fuck complained about the ticket stuff? I'm complaining that you didn't let me see goddamn Infinity War on purpose more than once. Oh, I'm complaining that you're not going to let me see. I don't. I wasn't planning on going to see Mission Impossible this weekend, but the fact that I can't makes me want to go, you want to fight about it? I fight about it, bitch. You know? Yeah, but that's they're just they're picking things that they can easily change and pretending like they're the big issues. It happens all the time. Yeah. Shit. Tomorrow night we'll probably talk about how Fox Next does that. So I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like it's a very common tactic for. So if if you're a company that gets hit with a laundry list of complaints, what do you do? You tackle the things you can easily tackle, the things you can immediately change, and you talk about how you change those things, right? Like, oh well, you know. We fixed this and that. So, you know, we're, we're showing some progress here. We hear you. And it's like, you don't hear us. Not at all. Like, you, you knew that this was a problem beforehand. Like, there, there's no way that the executives at MoviePass didn't realize this was coming. Yeah. There, there's somebody somewhere who was looking at a TPS report who was like, oh, shit, we haven't <laughs> been paying that crediting, you know, that credit processing service. Maybe yeah, oh God, yeah. You know there's a low-level grunt accountant going, hang on that call every day. I, I, I'm sorry we can't pay you today. And they're You're passing turn it up. us off. You know, no, yeah. it's, it's fine. We're too big. They won't definitely won't turn us off. No, they will turn you off eventually. And in my opinion, I mean, just because he is it's just like Hanky and, and Niantic, because he's the CEO and the face, I feel like at this point, Mitch Lowe needs to go. Put in somebody who could actually run this company. Uh, lesser things have toppled ahead a of a company, so yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't care that. It, look at look at Uber. It took a lot of bad shit to happen for them to get rid of their CEO. But they finally did it, and now actually, I've seen some interesting commercials where the new CEO is talking about that. He's like, "Hey, there there was missteps. There were horrible, horrible mistakes. But here's what we're doing, and here's the direction I'm going. In. And it's a great commercial." to turn the image of Uber around because Uber was well known for sexual harassment and a caustic work environment for the, for the actual employees of Uber, not the drivers and, and for not living up to their promise. And they finally got rid of their CEO, Papa John until fucking social media and people kneeling at the ball. We didn't know what kind of dick he was, but apparently it's a huge one, but they did what they had to do. And I mean, he was the, I mean, you want to talk about the, the person who's the face of the company Fucking Papa John's literally the face his on the name's on the his name's on the plaque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and they got rid of him and because that's what needed to be done in that situation and i i think no only being on the outside okay somebody could show me you know, maybe do a documentary and, and we show all those and maybe i change my mind right now on the outside mitch Lowe has had a great idea and executed it in the worst possible way and if you want to make your money whoever their parent company is i never remember because it's not a name that sticks with you if you want to make your money back from your investment, you got to fuck him over and put in somebody who will run this I, shit right. I honestly think it's past that point. Like, yeah, you, we're way past that. Why, why replace a CEO of a company, a ship that's going to – you wouldn't – I think you can still write the ship. I don't think you can. And it's not like it's going to hurt him in any way. I mean, he's the president of Redbox and a co-creator of, of Netflix. So, yeah. Is he the guy who runs Redbox? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's he, no. He was. I mean, he's not anymore, but he was oh nine to eleven. Okay. There's, there's no point in promoting someone else to captain the sinking ship. It, the, this ship is sinking. There's, no, there's not. It's not going to recover. I will give you. So now we don't know. So we're just making opinionated arguments based on what we've, we're seeing here. But I would argue, I believe the ship is sinking. Especially as long as you let him captain the ship, it's gonna. I don't think we'll make it to the year, year's end. Maybe. Because you just cut a fuck ton of people, which means your costs just went down, and you probably didn't lose costs versus what you're bringing in. You probably didn't lose a whole lot. You probably narrowed that gap, so it's possible. But Lee Iacocca, Chrysler in the '80s. I mean, Chrysler was was movie pass. They were on the goddamn death doorstep of as company wide going under, and Lee Iacocca came in and turned around. And at one point, they were part of the big three. After that, they became part of the big three company or car companies. Um, now I don't know where they stand, but they're still Chrysler. Still, I drive a Chrysler. I mean, my wife drives a Chrysler. I drive a, a Honda or something. I I think the better allegory would be this: the Movie Pass is going to be Nikola Tesla. Okay. All right. Who's going to pioneer this concept? This Thomas is going to steal it. Right, and I really do think that the theater chains have looked at that and been like, "So there's viability in the subscription idea." Let's do that for ourselves, which they kind of, you know, I mean, like you, you know, you're talking about there's rewards programs and stuff like that, but rewards programs are played out. That was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. People cared about rewards programs forever ago, but a a straight up, everybody is down with subscription now, right? Look at Loot Crate. Look at, you know, Patreon. Patreon. well, uh, Patreon's a little bit of a different beast because it's it's a way for you to directly support a small creator. Sure. But yeah, but yeah, it, it's a similar idea. Patreon, uh, just the Netflix, the Hulu's, the Amazon. You know, Amazon Prime is a huge. Oh my God, Amazon Prime! Like, you want to talk about fucking subscriptions and what you get for value? Amazon Prime is the best in the business as far as what you get for your you know your subscription. Um, but on top of that, like, so the Society is now primed to buy into a subscription model for benefits. They're fine with it. They get it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, in droves, you know what I mean? Especially entertainment. People get it now. So all of these companies, it's going to be, what do you have locally? What do you go to the most? What's your favorite theater? Well, let's go join their rewards program. They're their new subscription program, which they're all starting to roll out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, we're still going to get discounted movies and we're probably going to get other perks too on top of it because I'm sure they'll do, oh, you know, come in on this weekend and you get a free small popcorn or, you know, whatever. Like they're, yeah. they're going to find ways to bundle things together to get people to show up. 
the beautiful thing about MoviePass and what it was going to be is it was going to get more asses in the seats, which was a great thing for the theater industry and, and for feature films in general, because that's something we've been talking about for years on this show. And it's been a, a well-known thing in the industry that we needed to find a way to get people to go to the theater again. And it has to be not just you know, this year's three Marvel movies and Star Wars movie. It's got to yeah. be beyond yeah. that. It's got to be, you, you got to get people to go see stuff like A Quiet Place, like Hereditary, like a bunch of other movies that are not major blockbuster movies that I didn't go see this year. <laughs> Mission Impossible, even though that's a blockbuster. Yeah, um, I don't know if I agree with you. What? Really? You know, I I think this might just be a blip in the map because I foresee movies revolving to coming right to your home theater in the well, near future that's already happening but that's there's I'm, a talk, whole- I'm talking big studios you know you you pay let's say 20 to 30 bucks and you just have it on your you know 82 inch 4k yeah 10 person movie theater because that's where people are going these days and i think that's where the industry is going i mean you just said it, you know, everyone has these streaming service subscriptions. Yeah. I, I, I kind of see that this is, I think we're at that point where it's, it's going to happen in, in the next, I don't know, five years where I don't have to go see, you know, infinity war six in theaters. I can just sit on my <laughs> fat ass in my basement and enjoy it that way. Well, I mean, that is happening right now there some movies come out that way not obviously the big marvel movies the star wars that kind of stuff but like rampage for example or not rampage uh jumanji when the jumanji movie came out this year it was available on streaming at the same time as being in theaters so you could just rent it and watch it at home and i I made the argument i made the argument that we need to downsize the theater expanse I mean, it's gotten too way over the top and way uh, prolific, and it needs to be an experience, right? Some of my favorite theaters I've gone to, of course, have those nice recliners. You can reserve your seat. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, they have a little restaurant in there, or they have a great bar. Right. No, I don't mean like the big, massive AMCs that do all that. I'm talking about the ones that you literally – it feels like your favorite bar – and and you get your drinks and you go and watch your movie and it's an experience and then you only get let's get back to the 80s and 90s where instead of i'm gonna guess off the top of my head probably five three to five hundred movies no that's a lot that's way too many like a lot of movies way too many movies come out in the year right they hit the theaters and well that was more so the case in the past than it is now um and well i felt it feels like okay it when Everything used to go to the theater, right? Well, yeah, but but there was still not as much. It's a movie because Forrest Gump that, stayed in the theater for three and a half months. Right, but that that's always going to happen. I mean, yeah. Star Wars, uh, TFA, Force Black Awakens, Panther. Black Panther. Well, TFA, though, was in theaters well, th- like the beginning of summer that next year. You know what I mean? Like you could you could go to like an AMC or a Regal and probably see The Force Awakens in the theater as late as like May. You know what I mean? And it came out in December, which was insane. That's that's rare for today. Right. 
And I think, but I think that's what we should get back to is make it to where only the best movies hit the theater screens. But that's that was never the thing, is what I'm saying. Oh, oh in, shit. In the, in the 80s and 90s, there was get tons my, of oh, no, but in the 80s and 90s, tons of garbage went to the theater. Ernest, the Ernest no, but like, or whatever. Oh my god, well, but there the, was no, there was no home video, you know, back in the yeah. early 80s. So, wait, wait, what in the early 80s? I mean, VHS didn't really get popular until the mid mid to late 80s okay so i thought, I, you, I thought you were trying to i thought you were no, trying no, to no, I'm Charles, there's no batman thing no <laughs> right well and yeah that was the thing is it was yeah it was much more difficult to to see films in the past up until a certain point and then home video became a thing vhs and then eventually obviously the late 90s you had uh, dvd come about and then the 2000s blu-ray but what I'm saying is there, there used to be a lot of garbage that would hit theaters, but because there were way less options back then, people went and saw things. So what I was saying about MoviePass is for, from the perspective of theater chains, it was a great idea to start getting people to come out to the theater again. Because I agree with you, Charles, there's something about the experience. And I, I do appreciate the movie taverns and the, you know, the, the Alamo draft houses of the world. I mean, I, I also, I would, I would argue, I would like to see more major, major theater chains start catering to the art house idea too, that you see it a little bit. Like they usually have these flashback programs where they bring back like once a week, they bring back a, a classic movie or something, but Alamo draft house out of Austin, Texas. And I think they have a couple other locations now, but they, 10, 15 years ago, they were doing this. They were like, you know what? We're your classic art house theater. We're going to play, you know, the obscure movies. We're going to play the art films. We're going to play everything. And people patroned that establishment because that's what they wanted. They wanted to go see that stuff and they wanted to see it in the theater because they wanted to have that experience. Seeing a garbage movie at the theater is not rewarding. It sucks. Because no. you're like, oh, I spent a lot of fucking money to see something that wasn't very entertaining. Seeing a classic movie or something like right. uh, 2001, you know, seeing 2001 in the theater, like that movie's boring as shit, but it's a masterpiece, you know, like of modern filmmaking. <laughs> uh, so seeing it in the theater once is absolutely worth your time, especially with like DLP projection and Dolby sound and all that. You know what yeah. I mean? Go get fucking hand drugs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just go get fucking destroyed by this experience. By drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you bring that. And that's what I'm talking about is that Dolby theater experience. Yeah. I went to see Radio player one, not realizing what the Dolby experience was and Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It was an experience. And I'm like, that's, that's worth coming out and paying money for. But my standard 2D, I mean, I went and saw The Darkest Hour because I had Movie Pass and because it was interesting and I wanted to go out and see mm-hmm. a film. But that's my- exactly what I'm talking about. That was the beautiful thing is yeah. you were going to see stuff you probably wouldn't see otherwise. But I, I could have I I gone to Phil's idea of home theater, give it to me for five, ten bucks, whatever, yeah. and, and I have my home theater and I'm watching it because – I don't care. You're not going to put Darkest Hour in fucking Dolby Experience. I think I think to get no, real that's asses not what out I'm of seat, about you have to have experience. You, 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 but looking at it from the movie production company's perspective, you have to be careful because if you make it too easy to consume things at home as soon as they're ready to be shown, you destroy the theater industry within a couple yep, of years. Do it. And, but they don't want to because it destroys – a, a. first of all, it's a, it's a certain cultural – 
aspect of the film going experience. You know what I mean? You're going to lose theaters. Like a drive-in theater. The drive-in theaters die, but now they're having a resurgence. There's a, there's a few of them, but it's not like it was when we were kids. No, because it was honestly, and, I, and this is, I feel like I'm going to take the counterpoint to what you're saying, and I'm, I'm not doing it to make an argument. I actually believe this is some things don't need to last forever. The drive-in theater is a cool niche thing to do. And mm-hmm. it's fun going to a big movie theater and movie pass has taught me that honestly is I've gone to see a lot more films this year and mm-hmm. in the year that I've had the card than ever before. So it was okay. It was all right. And I didn't pay a lot of money. I wasn't like, oh, I burned my money on this. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Maybe, maybe I will make that question, not a statement, but a question. Maybe movie theaters shouldn't last forever. Maybe we need to evolve to the next stage. Uh, the entire industry disagrees with you. <laughs> of course they do. That's well, no. how they make their goddamn money. I don't no, it's, it's not even that. Though. Movie theater. The, the, the production companies don't care if theaters disappear from a money standpoint. They still make their money. If they stream right. the film or, or just release things on Blu-ray right away, they still make their money. That's not the problem. The problem is you destroy a certain part of cinema, the, the, especially the art aspect of cinema, and they're trying desperately to preserve that, not necessarily out of self-interest either, because it doesn't. You and know, I don't think it'll all go away. I mean, you, you're no, talking but, about um, Art House in Alabama. The, the one I'm in every Sunday morning is called Landmark um, Theater at Midtown. And it is a, I love being there because it's very much this whole different theater experience when you walk in and there's there is some e-ticketing but there's no gate between you and the theater you walk in like an old school theater and you can go anywhere you want and it makes it yeah you can sneak into movies but i think people appreciate the trust value and they don't sneak around mm-hmm. you walk up to the counter you buy your tickets you can buy beer you can buy food real food not this movie theater microwave shit real food right. You know, all this great stuff. And in this theater will be Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that theater will be this art film that they've been promoting for a while. Mm-hmm. And they come back Friday night at midnight because they're going to have the big Lebowski show type of deal. Right. And it's this great mix. I'm like, this theater will outlast AMC if they can live that long. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a completely different conversation, though, you know, because it's... Yeah. Th- those As, small theaters have a tough time making ends meet, especially when, especially when you have fucking Disney being like, "Yeah, new Star Wars coming out. You have to show Star Wars twenty four seven for Yeah, and that gives it a uh, and and we right, do no, conversations. We have other headlines. Yeah, because part of what yeah. we're talking about here is business. Yeah. as strictly monetary business, and another part of it is the preservation of a, a cultural aspect of cinema. You know, in in keeping theater chains alive. You know what I mean? And I think. It's kind of like why people like James Cameron invested in keeping film companies alive, like Kodak. They yeah. injected a bunch of capital into Kodak to keep them solvent. Why? Because they wanted to preserve 70 millimeter as, as a medium. Because the problem is if you let Kodak fold, they were the last bastion of film. You know, like they were the last company that could make the film for you. So if you let them just go under, you no longer have access to that. And not without like incredible cost, you know what I mean? And look what's happened since they did that. A number of films have been, you know, have used that as a, as a thing. Um, films have been transferred it for transferred to that film as a preservation thing. Like there's a lot of good has come of that, but it's not strictly because that makes money. That's not really the goal. It's to preserve a part of cinema history 
and a, and a method of showing cinema that is unique, you know? And I think it's kind of like the resurgence of vinyl, right? Last 10 years or so, people have gotten into collecting vinyl again. Not like it was when vinyl was the format and it was what everybody yeah. had, but hipsters and collectors alike and people who just genuinely audiophiles in particular like to collect some vinyl and the audiophiles will tell you it has a unique audio definition that you cannot get digitally. You can't yeah. replicate it. You can't transfer it. It just doesn't exist unless you're listening to vinyl directly. Is everybody rushing out to buy, you know, Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift on vinyl? No, a few people probably are. I've got a number of, of current albums. Well, okay, current in the last 20 years, I guess I should say current. That's not current. No, I realize how I say it, but it wouldn't like, you know, I have some oh classics. I've, I've got I've got an actual Saturday Night Fever album. I don't mean like right. classics. I mean stuff that was, when vinyl was dead, yeah. Cody Fingers, stuff that was printed on vinyl, like corn. I've got, I think life is peachy on, on vinyl. Damn you, so, Paul. Why'd you have to bring vinyl so, into this? Anyway, we're getting no, right off. Yeah, so... There's all that movie pass changed, hopefully for the better. We'll see what happens, but we got some other stuff going on. Uh, Filander, we knew this was coming, but come on, do we have to put a date on it? It's like knowing that, yeah, I'll die someday. Well, you've got cancer, and it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, Marvel movies will no longer be released on Netflix, starting with Captain Marvel in 2019. So I guess that means Ant Man and the Wasp is the marker for the last film that will possibly come to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Good. Fuck you, Phil. Well, I mean, uh, they, Disney already has my money, so it's going to be a smooth transfer for me to just turn on my PlayStation and then go to my Disney app instead of my Netflix app. Are you going to turn off Netflix? Like, are you going to unsub Netflix? That's a good question. No, no. Right. So, so you're unfazed, and I, I'm honestly, I think for a lot of people who have a lot of Disney investment. It's, they're just going to have both services now. It's not a big yeah. deal. Uh, and then, you know, six other people are going to jump on my Disney account. So, I mean, that's how it happens. First. I call first. Fine. <laughs> uh, but it's good because I, uh, I want to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I'm happy that it will be coming to Netflix. But like well, maybe before, if you supported the theater industry. Motherfucker. Hey, fuckhead. Why don't you come down to Pennsylvania? Watch my kids so I can actually do that. You know, the theater experience is such got a one. hassle. Such you a got hassle. one. You, I mean, you could bring your kid to the theater. Lots of other That's people. That's on you, Charles. That's on you. I make it work, is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, you shouldn't ever. <laughs> you you should have been introduced to the sharp end of a pair of now, scissors a long time ago. Here's the question off of that, though. Do we think that, one, Disney's trying to be the Netflix killer, and two... No. Do we think it'll actually hurt Netflix? Not really. No and no. And, you know, every time a new streaming service comes around, they're dubbed the Netflix killer, and it's just, it, 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 won't, it won't kill it. Just like yeah. whenever a new MMO comes in, it's going to be the WoW killer, and, and they're not. And it never is. It uh, never is. Yeah. Because it just, it's healthy for the, the community of services so everybody ups their game. You know, if there's competition, all fighting for people's money, that's normally when services or businesses get, get better. better. So, yeah. it, you know, competition is good. 
I honestly, I'm glad that they're competing versus trying to buy out Netflix because I'm I'm all for free market, but it's just kind of in our world. It's just happened a lot. This redundancy of, well, Disney bought this, Disney bought that. And yes, we're in a niche fandom world of Marvel and, and Marvel related stuff. And, you know, but it's like Disney's buying everything that kills competition. I, I'm glad that they're competing with Netflix versus we're, when Disney knows Netflix. Uh, no, thanks. I don't think Disney would have ever bought Netflix with the amount of debt they have. Netflix has an extraordinarily large amount of debt. Yep. And with, which Netflix has a kind of debt right now that makes them run like a sovereign nation. Everything's everything's hunky dory until that GDP drops. You know what I mean? So yeah. basically, yeah, Netflix. But you know, the thing is, uh, they've been diversifying for a long time. We've talked about this before. Netflix has a ton of original programming now, both uh, both television shows and films. And they're you know they're putting out a lot of stuff now. I I just watched a film this week. Uh, uh, how it ends with uh, Forrest Whitaker, some young pretty boy, and basically the the gist of it was it was a post apocalyptic story. Something happens on the West Coast. The guy is in Chicago with his girlfriend's who's now fiance's parents, and him and the father jump in a car and they drive back west to go try to find her. You know because they can't get a hold of her. All the power grid goes down. You know everything. Um, cool premise. It caught like they advertised it to me. It caught me. I jumped in. Um, I sh- I'll save you guys a couple hours. Not that great of a movie. It had its moments, but the the ending was kind of stupid, and there were a couple of stupid parts in it. But the point is, they they're making their own films now. They're making their own television shows. Mm-hmm. Their their algorithms are set up so that they find out what you like based on what you watch particularly what I think what you binge yeah throw it at you they're like hey by the way check this out that's why I saw extinction it threw me the ad and auto plays the ad which I same, honestly like same thing with extinction I watched extinction because yep. it showed up I saw Michael Pena and I was like hey I like him yep. I saw Lizzie Kaplan I was like I like her and then I saw a hard sci-fi post you know like whatever like an invasion yeah. type thing and I was like I'm down I'm down like show it show it to me and that's a that's a, that's a but you've seen it now, so we can talk about this briefly. That's a perfect example of something that you can tell was reasonably cheap to make, right? Right. Because if you break that down, if you look at it shot by Affordable. shot, you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, th- this is okay. There's it's, two sets in like one location, right? Yeah, it's like this was real, really low production budget as far as that goes. But you had high quality actors in it. You had a decent story, and it got where it needed to get, right? story-wise yeah and it, it told the story that it needed to it was like a prolonged episode of the outer limits is the way i like to put it yeah um, and that's, that's the you know not to go too deep into this we got the headlines but that's the thing i'm loving about this netflix originality is bright right there's mixed reviews on yeah. bright but the fact is you essentially made a really long tv episode and put will smith in it i love that now yeah. it can be packaged as a movie extinction packaged as a movie but i'm with you most of these movies feel like a really great TV episode mm-hmm. that's just the right time uh, as opposed to now I love Walter Carbon. Walter Carbon, a lot more hours into that, a lot more expensive to make. Well worth yeah. it. I think we'd have missed out had it been a movie. Um, and, and they're, they seem to be making some of the better decisions. Glow, not worth it. 
I could not get into glow. I tried. I could not get into glow. And I disagree completely. You're an glow idiot. Was, yeah, glow was fantastic. Okay. Hey, it wasn't for me. Uh, and that's how how much of it, it did you watch? How much of it did you watch? Three episodes, I think. Okay, if you want, yeah, but that's up. fine. I mean, because yeah. you have other options on this service. Exactly. I hate Kimmy Schmidt. I think it's. Dumb. My wife watched all of it. I think it's absolute hot garbage. But that's fine. I'll just move on. Yeah. You know. But everybody who likes it is dumb. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> well, even speaking Aaron. of TV shows, Showtime has got a new show coming out. It is Halo, the TV show. It's coming, and that's that's not new news. Here's the new news. Master Chief is confirmed as a lead character in Showtime's Halo TV series. Okay. Different companies have done. There's a, a, a real offbeat Halo movie that feels like it was fan-made, but it had money. Forward onto Dawn. Was that the one? Yeah. That, uh, I want to say there was a second one, and they didn't do great, but they were they were decent. But Master well, that, Chief's not that in That was them. originally a web series. That's why it felt like an independent got, fan base. It, it was a web series that got a serious production budget for what it was, and then it got cut into a film. Okay. Um, but there's no Master Chief, what I can remember. But it was decent. It was no Master Chief was in Forward on the Dawn. There's one thing about with kids, teenagers. Yeah, it. that's the he that's shows it? up. All right, I must have missed that part. Yeah, no, they, I watch it. I didn't like sit down and watch it. Oh, dude, no, you, you, you should though. You absolutely oh, should watch that. That that was also done like ten years ago. It's been a long time since that came out. Yeah, uh, maybe not quite ten, but like definitely more than five. Because I remember I, watching it yeah. in like 2012. Um, no, what were you gonna say? My whole point is though, this is to me, this is not news. Is the news would be Master Chief's not gonna be in the Halo film because it's yeah. like you have to have some form of Master Chief. I think one of the worst games they ever did was things called Halo Spartans, where there's no Master Chief, it's just a group of Master Chiefs, and you ran around and it just did not do well because no, it's called it Spartans. Not- That's why it's called Spartans, you dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm never mind, I don't have a response to that. Just accept I'll it. it. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, but it didn't do well because it wasn't the Master Chief, right? It wasn't the character. It was generic. It was red versus blue without the humor. You know? Well, it was something different. That, like People were looking for like what it was. It was an RTS, wasn't it? There's an RTS and then there's another adventure no, game. No, it wasn't RTS. Halo it was, Wars uh, was the RTS. Yeah. Right. And Halo Wars has been well received as a decent RTS. That was their attempt to expand the the franchise a bit, yeah. you know? Because, I mean, if it's all Master Chief all the time, you can't expand what you have. It's kind of like what World of Warcraft went through with Thrall before Metzen left. You know, if, if everything is all Thrall all the time, there's no room for any other characters. You can't expand your franchise. It's all about this one character. Green Jesus. At um, least we had semi-peace. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's always a risk to take. Uh, but the other thing that I found interesting is they, specific, they being Showtime, specifically made a conscious decision to hire a writer not known for sci-fi and not known for big battle movies because that's already baked into the Halo franchise. It will service that, but we also wanted to ensure that we're getting beneath the formidable armor of the Spartans and really getting inside the team drama. So it felt like it belonged on Showtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's different. I, that, that actually, I, I kind of had the same response you did, Phil. All right. I mean, that, traditionally, that was- video games don't transfer well over to the screen. 
you yeah. know, film or television. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to get Showtime because I'm not really a Halo fan, but not a I, Halo bro. I, I, you know, I played one, two, and three, and and that was about it. I had a 12 year old snipe me and talk about my mom, so I quit playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I wanted to succeed. I wanted to do well because any good video game, yeah. movie, or television content is good for, you know, the future of it. So I hope it does well. You have an opinion, Klotz? I, I hope it does well. I hope it's cool. Yeah. I don't have Showtime. I'm not going to subscribe to Showtime. I'm going to steal the high seas. Yar. I have ability to see the Showtime shows. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a gaming show. I'm going to check it out and see what they do with it. You know what? I'll check it out once it hits my Plex account. <laughs> uh, so, I believe this is you, Phil. Disney has a gun to their head. Oh, man. So, I'm sure all of you are sick of hearing about James Gunn. I'm waiting for them to reinstate his ass. Just as much as you're sick of hearing about MoviePass, but we're going to get into it a little bit. So there was speculation running around that, you know, since he was let go, that they were going to scrap his script that he finished and that he's been teasing for the last couple of months. Great. That's just, you guys are going great. You're you're doing a good job, you know, way to, you know, take a franchise that has done you well and just, take a big old shit on its on its tree chest but and its fans but i mean it's it's their company it's their decision what do you expect when you fire somebody you know you want to you know get a fresh team in there and and start fresh but they're not firing him completely they're going to keep him on as a script writer and consultant for guardians 3 what does that mean? Uh, it, it seems like they will be taking his script and then probably tweaking it a bit because every script gets rewritten a couple times. And they'll probably, you know, consult with him to make sure that, you know, this is his overall direction that he was going. There was some, um, there, was, there was some things said on Twitter by Batista saying that if you, we don't do his script... Um, and I'm just paraphrasing because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but you could fucking buy me out of my contract and I'm done. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> I'm, I'm happy to see that James's story will come to the theater. I don't know if I will though. I still am undecided, um, about my outcome on guardians three. Now I said before the show that, with the way society is reacting, I don't mean just the people trying to beat down Disney and, oh, you got to do this in the fans. I'm talking about the, the, the stuff we've talked about in the previous episodes, the, the celebrity stance, the Guardians, uh, the cast and crew stance, um, the, some of the leaders of the Me Too movement backing them stance. I said, I think it'll give it some time and that Disney will reinstate them. And you were like, oh, hell no. Why no, is that? There's no way. Well, I just, I don't think that they'll, they'll go back on it. You know, they made their stand. They drew their, their, their line in the sand. And because uh, right now, yeah, pretty much right now, no matter what happens, they fucked up. Right. So yeah. like they, fu- they snap fired him. Yeah. That was not the right choice. They should have pulled an AMC like AMC did with Hardwick. We talked about that. Suspend. Let's research. Suspend. Let's look into it. Yeah. But, and and again, this situation being different than the Hardwick thing, because as we said before, 
he tweeted this stuff long before he got the Marvel job. So they knew. And he scrubbed his accounts before he got that job. So he had to have been in talks with them forever ago. And I'm sure it came up, which is part of why they probably snap fired him because they didn't want to look like they were supporting that what he was, what was in his old content. Um, you can't, they cannot win. And I think that they're, you know, they're, they've got people who get paid a lot of fucking money right now that are saying this is probably the least damaging way to go about it. We're going to lose some people who aren't going to show up. We're going to get a lot of negative press for firing him from certain people. But the potential swing the other direction is if we get branded as being pro pedophile, you know, we're going to lose billions because, you know, parents are going to boycott us. Families are going to not, you know what I mean? Especially conservatives, you know, like. And let's be fair. Disney's used to boycotts. They have survived all of them and thrived out of them. But they're not in a position where they can survive a bunch of boycotts right now. They just took on a bunch more debt to acquire the Fox assets. Uh, they were, they're already floating a lot of debt. We know from uh, a few weeks ago when Dennis was on the show, he was talking about how we know that they took on a lot of debt to acquire Star Wars and Lucasfilm. They're, they're kind of at the Netflix spot, right? They've kind of put themselves in a corner where they we're going to, well, they, they're printing money, but the jig is up if they stop printing money, right? Yeah. That's when everything catches up to you. That's what happened to Marvel in the nineties, the eighties, they were printing money and then they didn't manage it. And all of a sudden in the mid nineties, the, the, the bottom of the market collapses, falls out from underneath them and they get gutted and they have to sell off all these assets. You know what I mean? Which is why we're in this whole, why we talk about, you know, this Fox deal and other things, why Marvel, you know, Marvel ultimately gets bought by Disney. Now Disney has to, you know, reunite all the kids again. They have to buy out all these other deals. Um, They're not in a position where they could take a major boycott. And they're also not in a position where they could take the kind of PR. There's already a lot of negativity. Like you just said, Disney's buying everything. And there are people who are like, fuck Disney, you're buying everything. I'm mad about it. And it's a thing, you know, I think that argument, that position's a little haphazard and a little like over the top, but they're, they're in a bit of a tenuous position right now. They're, they're doing well, but a, a major PR issue could, could tank them in a big way. Not topple the company. I'm not trying <laughs> to say that. Maybe. But it would, it, you, would see, you would see certain projects disappear. You would see smaller parts of the company suddenly get sold off or just closed all the time. And we know that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. We played them. Yeah. Right. And oh yeah, they acquired a game developer. They made it part of Disney Interactive. They realized that we don't. Yeah. We're not good at making video games. Let's just not. <laughs> and I, I'm definitely not saying you're wrong. You, there's a, definitely a ring of truth of what you're saying. I just have a hard time. You better not say I'm wrong because yeah. no, I'm not wrong. I, I I'm having a hard time seeing it. It's it's. I never I've never seen a boycott really do much of anything. Honestly, in my okay. lifetime. What are you talking about? Uh, Passion of the Christ. Huge boycotts. Didn't do shit and made money. Yeah, but that, now, this is just the boycotts I've seen. Get, Disney came out. Disney Parks came out and came out being a, a funny word here. Came out and said, hey, screw this unfair insurance bullshit. If you're a same-sex partner living together like a married couple, we're going to give you insurance as a married couple. All the Christians, Southern Baptist Convention, and I happen to know because my dad was a Southern Baptist preacher, and I didn't understand it then. They're like, boycott. And all the Christians went, boycott. And Disney didn't even miss a beat. 
they fucking kept selling out theaters and selling out products. Um, uh, Rosemary's right. Baby had boycotts. Uh, yeah, but that's half of what you're talking about happened 20, 30 years ago. And no effect. What's, what? Give me a boycott that's worked. What do you mean? Give well, me the, a boycott. There have been boycotts that work. Sure. I mean, like, I, I, I'm just saying I'm having a hard time seeing it. I'm asking for an example so I can see it, is all I'm saying. I'm not challenging you to be an ass. I'm going, I would like to learn, and I don't see it. And, and I mean, maybe we'll come back next week with it if we got to look it up. But <laughs> I'm Googling boycotts yeah. that worked. Okay. Um, I mean, and that's fair. Well, okay. What I was going to say, I'm not going to look this up right now. We can talk about it. Okay. That's fair. It's not the boycott itself. Okay. So we talked about this when we first talked about the gun thing. The real reason this gun thing happened is because a couple of conservative pundits don't like the fact that gun is an outspoken anti-Trump person. They, and they made it there. They used their platform to out these tweets and to smear him. Right. The, right, the, because they know how to use the explosive nature right. of society to for a weapon at this point. The political climate in this country right now is such as that there's at least a third of this country that support Trump, right? And they support pretty much any idea. And I'm, we're not getting into politics here, but we're just – they support our current president. They support the conservative platform, and they are very much against anything – outside of that and so like if you label something as liberal or whatever they'll turn on it immediately okay in in droves by the millions if disney can't find a way to navigate this situation to bring him back into the fold without making it look like they're supporting a pedophile like if they can't find a good way of refuting that like being like dude clearly that he's not you know what i mean which they really can't because his body was, it wasn't like the Sarah Silverman thing we yeah, referenced yeah, no, where it was one tweet and it was just a joke. No, this was hundreds, thousands of tweets about the same subject. I, I, I mean, they, they will uh, label that they already take a lot of flack in conservative circles for being liberal and blah, 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 and all that stuff. If they are, if they get propped up in certain circles as being pro pedophile as the children's entertainment company in the United States and most of the world, they will get completely fucked by a huge portion of the U.S. I now overseas. You know, totally I think way. Guardians might get fucked. I, I honestly, and I have been known to, on these stances. You know, when I'm not going. This is what I know for sure. I'm saying I need to learn. I'm saying I'm having a hard time seeing it. I'm trying to be clear on my stance. It's not a hardcore. You're wrong stance. It's, it's. I know human nature, and we love to get on Facebook and go fuck Disney. And I'll, I'll just refer to the the actual last big. Boy, I know of with this, it was that the, the gay insurance, we'll call it that the, the, the same sex couple, that's better. The same sex couple insurance. And this is in the nineties, right? Where right. you had to be shush, shush. And you didn't say that. And those damn Californians and blah, 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 blah. And people, boy, and, but people were like, Oh yeah, we'll boycott. But wait, wait, little mermaid is for my daughter. I mean, I can't tell my daughter. No, you know, Oh, I mean, the attendance did not drop one iota and what i'm saying is i well, get what you're saying with the pedophile thing I think sure. people are yo, yeah yeah because we were watching i was watching because my parents were all like fuck disney i went you're an idiot yeah, but, 
and I was uh, no, no, no. What I'm saying though is, you say that it didn't drop one iota. How can you prove that? Well, maybe not one iota. I was reading what I could get my hands on. There was the basics of internet back then, and there was news, and you could go. To, I went to the library and bring the reports and shit. And Disney attendance stayed strong. Disney movie they put out two or three movies that year that that went gangbusters. Right. They they their sales and and that's their trick too is guess what they released that year for the second time? I want to say, I may be wrong on the actual movie, but I want to say it's like Lion King. And everybody's like, oh, I got to get Lion King. It just came out of the vault. And Lion, I don't have Lion King. And it's going to go back to the vault. Used after Little Mermaid. Okay, so it's, I don't remember what exactly. Okay. Isn't it 90s? You're fucking this uh, up, Charles. I'm <laughs> fucking it up. That's what I do. I'm going to fact right. check your ass, Five all right? Minutes. I'm going to check every little bit now. Clots, you'll sit, you, and I'm, I'm just using you as an example. You and Phil will sit here and go, fuck that shit. I'm not going to be a part of that shit. And then you find out it has your favorite thing. And wow. Let's say, let's say you didn't know that Disney, or not Disney, let's say you didn't know MoviePass had a piece of wow. And you're like, fuck MoviePass. I'm not getting, oh, wait, they, they have my favorite game. Pass. I'm not going to boycott wow. I, I like wow. But that's human nature. And you, I, we are on this show because we are smarter than basic human nature, but that's human nature. We're like, oh, fuck that. Wait, 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 wait. You're taking my favorite thing away. No, no, no. Fuck you. Don't do that. And that's what I'm saying. I don't boycott. Won't so so let, let me put my Morpheus glasses on for a second here okay. and, say, <laughs> and say, what if I told you that the people who talk the most about boycotting Disney during the 90s with the gay, uh, the gay health benefits thing? Mm-hmm. We're never gonna go see a Disney movie, anyways. Exactly, my goddamn point. But that's that's not what we're facing today. There's been a major cultural shift, at least here in the United States, in the last two years, at least, where people are emboldened by a certain mindset, and they are banning. Tribalism has become bigger than it probably ever has been in at least our lifetimes. People are signing up for teams, one side or the other, for the most part. And they are going with the flow. You know it's what I mean? Culture war. Yeah, it's and it's it's intense. Yeah, before. But this is different because we have the power of social media. Okay. In the past, you had to hear all that shit word of mouth. You had to watch it on the news or whatever, listen to it on your stupid rate, you know, your your radio commentary. Nowadays you're bombarded with it. You're getting tweeted at it, you're getting Facebooked it. You're gonna talk about it with your friends, you're gonna listen to a shitty podcast with three white motherfuckers talking about it. Hey, but, yeah sorry go ahead go ahead no i'm just saying like it, it, what i'm saying is like you're gonna get bombarded with the idea now which is why disney wants to avoid being labeled as pro pedophile because they're already getting that accusation well, okay, like, everybody's gonna get labeled as that no, i mean no i mean everybody wants to avoid getting labeled as that I, that came out totally wrong yep. was- fbi open up <laughs> When everybody's See, a pedophile, nobody's a pedophile. Oh, yeah. Jesus Charles. Christ. No, no, no. What I meant to say is, is everybody wants to avoid that label. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and we'll go on forever. We need to move on. I'm saying in my stance now, I believe human nature will never follow through on that stuff. But being that this two years is a very, very short period of time. We're talking about this kind of societal change. We'll see what happens with, with these tribal wars, and, and maybe history will show I was right. Maybe it'll show I was wrong. It doesn't really matter right now. Go, Phil. Do you think now that he's not under contract with Disney once Guardians finish that DC tries to swoop him and pick him up? No. Because they're, they're, talking, about, well, they're talking about doing one-shot movies that have no congruency between all of them. He, he obviously knows how to handle you know, an assembly of characters. Or do you think he just goes back to doing, 
you know, trauma movies. I, okay, here's here's my ultimate take on that answer or that question is give it two or three months, give it to the end of the year. And nobody's going to give a shit anymore because the people who took him down got what they wanted. They're moving on. Yeah. They are not talking yeah. to James Gunn anymore. They're moving on. So if James Gunn in October gets hired by DC and it gets announced that he's going to – and people try to pull it the, – the people who push the buttons don't give a fuck because they got what they wanted. Sure. You know, I yeah, think I that's I what will happen. And I don't think DC would do it just for the implication. I think what Gunn is probably going to end up doing is probably do some small art type stuff. Not yeah. necessarily like art, but like art sized. You know what I mean? And he's probably going to do it with Guardians people, like a bunch of them. Sure. Kind of like yeah. what uh, Joss Whedon's done in the past when there's been a writer's strike or something. Yeah. And he's done a side project with people that he works with frequently. He's done a couple small, like he did Much Ado About Nothing a while back. Where Dr. Where, Horrible. Right. Yeah. But like, he, I mean, he's done smaller stuff where it's like, all right, because like Clark Gregg was in Much Ado About Nothing and a couple of the other people that have worked on various shows of his. And it, it's just this little like we're going to do a piece of Shakespeare here at this mansion in California somewhere. Obviously, they're shooting it at somebody's house, you know, like all that stuff. Um, I think James Gunn will do something similar to that. He should do kids films. Totally. He should start writing children's fiction. You know? Because uh, anyway, you know the jokes in his humor. I'm I sorry. Uh, it is. No, it's great, and, and there's truth in it. But uh, uh, Klotz, you've brought this in. Oscars are changing things up in their broadcast. Okay, so we went long on a couple of the other topics, so I'm going to keep this super brief and basically just talk about the fact that they announced that they're going to change up the way they do their broadcast. Uh, they're basically adapting it to be a little bit more like the Tonys does theirs, where they're going to pre-film a bunch of stuff but they're not going to do everything in the live presentation that they normally do in the past. Uh, they've, they took a huge ratings dump this last year, uh, really bad compared to prior years. Like it's the worst it's ever been in its history. Um, so basically they're going to, they're going to trim down what awards are shown as part of the live show. They're going to pre-film some of the other stuff and just air those clips. And that's it. I mean, basically we don't really need to go into it big, but, and they're adding a category for popular movies, I guess. So it sounds almost like a people's choice type thing or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. So basically the big thing is just that finally the Oscars are waking up to the fact that they're archaic in the way they do their presentation and people don't like it. Kind of like the movie theaters. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> movie theaters are stupid. So, I think somehow it will still be four hours long. Yeah. Uh, well, they're looking for a tight three hours, and I'm like, I think you need to go tighter. Yeah. <laughs> tight three. Uh, that's what we're looking for from Botch this year at Dragon Con's a tight three hours. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a break because we got a little bit more. We got an email from a listener, and we're going to dive into the DC Universe streaming launch shit. And we'll be back right after this. Oh man, I'm sure you're all very sick and tired about hearing about MoviePass, considering it takes up most of the show now, but here's something you're not sick about hearing. Patreon.com slash Breaking the Panel. It's the bee's knees, it's the tits, it's the best. So look, DragonCon's coming up. We're going to be doing exclusive content from DragonCon for our patrons. And the only place you can get that with me now ready patreon.com slash breaking the panel holy shit it's gonna be good times uh, dragon con's gonna get weird and i plan on getting weird on patreon so 
Any support levels, great. One, five, six, seven. I don't know the fucking levels. You go check. I gave you the URL a thousand times. So please help support the show, and let's get back to the weird conversation. All right, so we're back, and we've got an email. I was going to say an awesome email, but I think somebody on this panel has an issue with it. Uh, Agent Iron Spider says, well, Fuck Iron Spider! No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not me. It's somebody else. <laughs> uh, when I was four years old, I watched the 1997 Winnie the Pooh so many times that I could recite most of the film. Holy shit, you're young. Uh, much to my parents' annoyance. Recently, while listening to Pandora, I heard an ad for the new movie Christopher Robin. I was shocked when at the end of the ad it said movie is rated PG-13. Parental guidance suggested. Why in the world does a movie about Winnie the Pooh have content that is not suitable for four-year-olds? Agent Iron Spire. Before we get into the discussion of it, I will say this. Fuck movie ratings. They're goddamn arbitrary. And I've taken my kids to R-rated films because I knew they could handle it. Because your parental guidance. <laughs> I took my son to see uh, Blade Runner. Child, child so. services are at your house. CPS right? open up. <laughs> but Phil, yeah, what, what, what do you guys say? Oh, Agent Iron Spider, you must be out of your goddamn mind. This movie is PG, man. All right, so look, Pandora probably fucked up and had a, a bullshit, um, you know. And PG still stands for parental guidance. Well, yeah, but everything's PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't remember last Much like the 90s when stuff that would be a hard R, possibly worse nowadays, was rated PG. Oh, yeah. Or 80s and 90s. It was, yeah, some some movie in the 80s. PG, PG was, was like, just yeah, whatever. Titties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, titties whatever. And murder. And yeah. Anyway, no, um, it is PG, um, but that's not what people are upset about with this movie. Um, I don't know if you people, and when I say you people, I mean Charles have seen the trailer or not for this Christopher Robin movie, but well, Charles doesn't watch. Not trailers. really. Oh, no. It is. It is a pretty <laughs> sad trailer, uh, you know, dealing with themes of Christopher Robin growing up and, you know, getting stressed in the life hustle and bustle of his job and balancing family and how he used to have these magical friends that would help him forget about, you know, the bad things in life. But it, it's a pretty sad trailer and a little heavy. And moms and and some critics were a little pissed because this isn't a lighthearted movie whatsoever. Apparently, like, the trailer is a complete transfer to how the movie feels. It's a little depressing. You know, a lot of... So was that other one, uh, So Long, Christopher yeah. Robin? I didn't see right. that. It's actually decent, it's, it's, but it's very dark and dealing with the re- what seems to be the faux documentary. I don't know how true it was, but it's in, in fictional documentary style of of A.A. Milne and how the book was written and how there was a supposedly a real Christopher Robin and, and the way it was treated. Um, and it was dark. It was not – it was very much about behind the story. Uh, and this one, definitely the bits I saw in trailers that have flown past is – you see a digital, really good-looking Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all that walking around. But I got the feel that this is not a remake of Winnie the Pooh at all. No, it's it's kind of like... I, I haven't seen it yet because I refuse to go to the theater to cry in public to watch this. But it reminded me from the trailer kind of like Hook, 
where Christopher Robin has lost his way, kind of like Peter Pan has lost his way, and it needs to be nudged back into the innocence of his childhood to get center his chi on life. Yeah. If that makes sense. I get you. I get but, you. But I mean, I'm reading some par- uh, parental reviews on the internet about it, and a couple people said they've brought their four year old and it was fine. They've brought their six year old and, and they had no problem with it. So, dude, I watched Project X, not the house party bullshit one from the 2000s, but the Matthew Broderick Project X when I was eight years old. Fuck you and your ratings. That trashed me for life. Yeah, no, you've been trash for your entire life. You are garbage. <laughs> Fuck you, Phil. Get off my show. Human excrement. Uh, I looked up, just for giggles, I looked up rated G movies, right? And 2004, Polar Express. Nothing until 2017 with Cars 3. Wow. So, yeah, no. According to Movie Insider... This isn't like the top grossing or anything. It's just literally G movie, G rated movies, MPAA. And it jumps from 2004 to 2017 uh, to Cars 3. And then Olaf's an Adventure, which is actually a short film featurette. Something I never heard of called Ice Dragon in 2018. And of course, Disney's Pandas, which is their animal documentary, which documentaries almost always get a G rating just because it's Disney and it's a documentary. And that's it. So PG parental guidance and that might be what he heard parental guidance suggested what well, instead of pg-13 um that's just a rating and go watch god i know you always back me up on this go watch this movie will not be rated yeah that will change your view on all of this stuff I, uh, yeah. that, okay that is a good expose on how how much bullshit there is with the mpaa and everything and similarly you can extrapolate almost all that information about the mpaa and apply it to the one for video games as well because it's it's them self-regulating same idea um however i will say i'm a firm believer that a guidance system is okay and important to have it's up to you as the parent you know what i mean and uh, I, I like yes. I like a rating system that keeps kids out of movies that are definitely inappropriate for them unless they are with an adult, such as an R yeah, rating. I give you that. You know what I mean? Like for example, Deadpool. Like I think it's bullshit that parents think it's okay to bring their kid to Deadpool. Nothing I can do about it. It's their right. You know what I mean to make that decision. But those are hard R's. You know what I mean? Those are not good for kids. Well, okay, I will argue that point slightly. It depends on how you're raising your kid and what they see. And the argument would be made that unless your kid's a teenager, they shouldn't see that stuff. Okay, my kids were 11 and 13. So, um, and the thing, my and little, obviously they're going to hear stuff at school and everything, you know what I mean? But in school, you mean the kitchen? You mean the, the you, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true too. Uh, and Deadpool one, my my wife made me fast forward through all the the, the calendar sex scenes and mm-hmm. strip club scene. Fine, whatever. Um, because I mean, goddamn, YouTube. You're still holding man. that grudge from three years ago. <laughs> it just took me. It, it triggered me, man. The bullshit I had to go through with my dad. So that, uh, <laughs> but you're you're fair to argue that, Klaus. But again, you say it's the parents' decision. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot remember. There's a movie that was referenced the other day, and my, what's that? And like, you'll find out when you're old enough. And there's very rare that I'll say that, but like, and it's not content. Violence is as long as you're training your kids, like I try to do. Of it's TV. If I fucking 
Disney's worse. Disney Channel is worse. My kids got banned from the Disney Channel because they brought that teen drama where adults are stupid shit to my house. I went, fuck you. You're not watching this shit anymore after I yelled at them for six months. I banned it, and they got yes, better. It's definitely better that you shout fuck you at your kids <laughs> and tell them that adults are above reproach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, it. it's, God damn, dude. Okay. If we ever were to make a make GSU watch, I'd make Clot sit down for a day and just watch eight hours of Disney Channel. And then oh, no. Take on it. I, I sit for Dr. Ucell sometimes. I know how bad. Now you watch it, okay? So, but you know, now the, the, the not all day, no, because I, I sit there yeah. for a couple hours and I'm like, I'm gonna go home and hang myself. Because yeah. Thank, yeah. thank Christ, I don't have children. <laughs> I, oh. Disney Junior was fine. It's anything beyond that, and that's like, yeah, there, there's just a certain point where it's like, oh my, yeah. God. Anyway, yes or nothing. But I tell you, yeah, PBS is great. Uh, but I, I've told my kid, you know, so there's this innocent Disney thing, but they're teaching kids horrible, horrible, horrible lessons. Or they can watch Deadpool 2 and laugh at the dumb jokes and not get the adult jokes and laugh at the violence and know that the same rule applies. You come home and try to shove a live wire up somebody's ass, I'm going to beat your fucking ass for it. You know, you don't repeat what's on the screen. But I, I wish I could remember the movie, but there was some movie I went, it's, it's the concepts that you will learn that will take away the innocence of children the innocence that I want you to live in until mm-hmm. you're old enough to understand the concept god damn I wish I could remember that movie because it's a great movie I love the movie and I said you will absolutely watch it but when I think you're ready right. and they know when I say that they don't go sneaking around trying to find it they go okay we get that because they've they've snuck once or twice and tried to watch something like the new it or whatever and they're like yeah we should have listened to you I, like, I fucking told you it's not about the content it's about what your brain buys into with the right. Well, that's why I say like Deadpool, you shouldn't let little kids see Deadpool because a lot of the content in that it, it's so bizarre that you, you don't want to show that to kids and let them think that's reality. Like you have to make sure they're past yeah, that. I, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, absolutely. If they start thinking that, you know, that somebody can get stabbed with a knife in the head and keep talking and be fine. <laughs> no, that, that's yeah. just an, that's like the yeah. tamest example. Yeah. It's because it's, they don't have context. You know, they have no way to like, be like, Oh, this is completely makeup, you know, made up bullshit. You know, this is not real life at all. This is a comic book character on the screen. It's because it, it's different to how all the other comic movies are presented. They're presented as if they're mostly realistic. You know what I mean? If when a whole bunch of people got dissolved, it was real shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely be a parent, be a parent. And so to to answer Iron Spider's comment, it it depends on what kind of parent you are. I mean, you can't, you really can't go by race. It's a great starting point to go. If I see like a, 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 I just referenced it, Blade Runner 2049. I I don't check ratings for myself. I'm a goddamn adult. I'll go see what the fuck I want. Yeah. Walks in. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, well, Walter with Oakland, not the family, just Oakland, who's 13 years old. And even, man, I want to see it. And I wanted him to watch the first one, but I didn't get around to it. My wife wasn't going to do it because she didn't get it. Uh, but I said, okay. And we walked in and went, oh, shit, it's rated R. And now I'm remembering some of the parts, some of the concepts from the first one. I'm like, but you're 13. You're, you're showing me, you've shown me you can handle certain concepts. We'll try it. And mm-hmm. it was. It was a marker. It was a marker of, of how we judge movies that we're going to go see now because there was stuff that bothered him. There was stuff that he got. There was stuff he didn't understand. The stuff he didn't understand is what bothered him a little bit. And, and then there, there was stuff he just didn't get. That he said, it was a good movie. I think I understand it. 
but he was missing what we get as adults, that deeper discussion of what is life and da da da. So I was like, okay, this is a good benchmark now. Uh, yeah. But I had that moment of, oh, shit, I even checked to think about the rating. Sure. And why. Uh, I, I know it's a little awkward for me. He's 13, but nobody gives a shit. There was a 50-foot-tall naked lady. It's a body. And I'm trying to teach my kids the opposite of what I was taught, which is high down, oh, yeah, be yeah. embarrassed and everything. I mean, I'm not going to take them out and watch Porky's or anything. But, right. you know, that, I was like, yeah, no, I get your thing. Oh, yeah. It makes well, I mean, it awkward, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Porky's was rated PG. So that's what I was talking about with the 80s. It might have been, yeah. You know, the 80s and the 90s, you could get away with literal. Phil's like, looking at right now. I, I, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, I agree with. And honestly, like, so some movies, like a Blade Runner, right? If you show that to a little kid, if you showed it to your two younger kids, yeah, no, they yeah. would go play with toys at, in five. Yeah, they movies. wouldn't care. Exactly. They would oh, pass, yeah, they would pass out. They, they're not going to watch that. However, when I was a kid and I watched my sister and her boyfriend watch A Clockwork Orange and that boyfriend's Oh, be, yeah. So, yeah. You know what? Yeah. That fucked me up. You know, because I walked in the room. I watched the home invasion scene. I, <sighs> yeah. Trigger warning. You use the R word. I watched a, a rape. And I was four, you know, and that really fucked up my, my, my mental state of like what sex was. And like, I thought that was normal for a long time. It took me years to real, like through being bombarded with a bajillion other pieces of entertainment that showed sex in every other possible way, but that and be like, you know, I've never seen somebody cut holes in a lady's top and then romance them. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's not normal and it wasn't okay. And then I watched it as a teenager and I was like, holy shit, this movie's really rough. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other things I saw as a kid that kind of messed me up in that way. Total Recall. You know, everybody jokes about Triple Titty Girl, but like, I didn't understand that. I was like, why did... Hmm. Yeah. Not <laughs> why does that woman have three breasts? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't get it. And I felt, I felt weird seeing it too. And I'm sure, I'm sure Oakland felt a little bit weird Probably. with a 50 foot pink woman, you know, in the nude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely about context and everything, being able to process the things you're seeing. And a lot of that doesn't come till later. I, I was pretty advanced in that regard when I was older. Like I, I read fiction that was ahead of my age. I was reading adult books in junior high you know, like adult concepts and everything like that. Yeah. So I get where you're at as far as that goes. I could watch, you know, 80s and 90s action movies and be like, this is 99% bullshit and it's just yeah. dumb fun and it doesn't matter. Right. And that's, so my dad yeah. actually took the effort and some movies to put two VCRs together and cut out scenes. And I, I took me forever to see Predator from start to finish. And when I finally did, I went, what the fuck did you cut out? Why did you edit any of this? I don't want And I was just super sheltered and not explained anything. And I'll tell I'm going to make my last parent statement here. I would rather my kids watch something where I can help them understand a concept, whether I want them to watch it or not, that I can under, help them understand other than rather than what you experienced. And I can't remember an exact story, but I experienced similar shit. You did yeah. you watch something with no context, no explanation and it fucked you up because you were sneaking yeah. around. Well, you weren't sneaking around, I don't think, but I, was I walked around. into the room. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. no, and I, I, there was other stuff like I, I got into my dad's porno stash way too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that also warps your mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, it, you know, as somebody who lived that, I'm actually a believer that you should be careful what you allow your kids to stumble into. But it also, Dude, I, I've taught my, you'll love this. 
about the internet. I've taught my kids. They have some access. I can check on it. But I said, I cannot stop you from looking shit up. I, mm-hmm. There's no way. I got around shit when I was your age, and there was no internet then. So I know you're going to, I'm going to tell you, and Colts, this is where you're going to love. There are things that you'll see that can never be unseen. Yep. Ever. To Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Here is Goatsy. And- no! 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 Enjoy. Your father said it's cool. <laughs> Send. Uh, All right. But, uh, but what was Porky's rated? P- uh, it was R. Oh, was it? Okay. Was it R back in the day, or is it R now? I I think once a movie is rated, they can't be re-rated. Well, uh, R didn't. R and PG thirteen didn't exist for a long time. I think. I think R was always there. There was no PG thirteen. Right. Which I is, think nowadays it'd be rated PG thirteen. No, no, it'd be no, R. it'd be a hard R. It's been a long that, time since that, I saw that it. much nudity and everything would be R. I know there's a lot of slurs and a lot of decent nudity the shot the shower scene of all shower scenes was there but anyway we digress but yeah um but i think well, the ultimate yeah, thing that Fox and i are both saying is be a parent be involved in your oh show. yeah be be a parent be involved uh it's a good guideline to know where you should start and you know, so i've go got one like we're gonna skip we're not gonna do the dc stream we've gone long here but i got a question for phil because your kid is three he just turned two two so obviously still too early for any of this stuff. What do you think, or have you even started thinking about something that you're going to let him watch or play at an age that most people think is too young, but you think it might be okay? No. In, in fact, I've already started stop. If, if, if I'm playing a game that I don't think is good to be playing around him and he comes in the room, I'll turn the game off. That's, that's fair. What a schmuck. No. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't even curse around my kid. Uh, so you got to you curse in real life, man. I, well, it's I know, but I don't my want my kid, kid to grow up to be a little cunt. My, <laughs> my kids refuse to curse. I, I, well, okay. Now, Oaken's thirteen. He's doing the standard thirteen-year-old stuff. He streams every once in a while, and if you find it on YouTube, it's hilarious because oh, him and whoever he's streaming with, and I don't think they're even friends. I think they're randos that he's playing with. Uh, they're all his age, so they're not like we will sit on. Rocket League, and we will curse, and we will be funny, and we make content. They do it, and it's like, I'm going to shit your head. What? What are you talking about? You're teaching your children not to curse properly, so it's just another reflection on your bad bad parenting, Charles. I love when I tried to make my, my youngest daughter or son say, fuck, they're like, nope. No, oh, daddy, that's a bad word. It's it cracks me up, but, yeah, but they've learned. Playing, uh, I was playing The Last of Us, and uh. Oh yeah, and I—I I never I played that. I don't know the content. Oh, I mean, it's just a, a I want to play zombie esque, you know, plant zombies. Now, see, I—I I, I haven't played that, so I can't compare. But when my daughter Crosby was five, my son and I—he was six, and so maybe maybe a little older, maybe a little younger—but she was scared, daddy, and I forced her to play as a Wii. It was actually Wii. It wasn't Wii used a Wii, and I was playing um, uh, House of the Dead. Yeah. It was over time, and it, it was I over have the top. A fucking monster watch it makes a five-year-old watch house. No, 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 she didn't. I didn't make her watch it. Oh. We're playing the game. Um, oh, okay. We're playing the game, and it's all cartoony. It's not realistic. There's no real things. It's grindhouse, seventies, stupid fun. Now the jokes and shit they made, and the the, the monsters with big titties. You know, I, I let them skip that. But she was afraid of zombies. And I forced her to grab the gun and shoot them, and she didn't want to. And she's crying, and she shot the first one, and it died. And she and it's just a wait, what? I'm like, yeah, fucking shoot the next one. And she did. 
And then she realized, I, and anytime she was scared after that, it's like, what do we do with zombies? She goes, we either run or we shoot them in the head. And she was not scared again. And most what do we people, do with bullies? What I, you run <laughs> or you shoot them in the head. You know, that's a good <laughs> What do you want from me, Phil? <laughs> You know, we can get into a whole parenting podcast. I don't think people. Yeah, you're definitely it. southern. Um, but I my point is, but, but back to you your original question. Back to your original question. What What do I think the first maybe too aggressive movie I'll show my kid? Uh, it It really depends on who he develops in the next four years. You know, he's only two years old, but I don't know. I think Gremlins is a good starting point. Gremlins is a PG film, high violence, language, you know, scary situations. But if I don't think, like you said, he can handle it, well, then we'll just have to we'll wait and see. Yeah. My first shock experience was I saw Jaws at the age of five or six. And that summer after, I got a bloody nose in the water and I accepted my own death <laughs> as a six-year-old because when there's blood in the water, the sharks come and kill you. So I'm a dead man out here. Uh, I lived a good life. Is nothing any six-year-old should say <laughs> floating in the water. But, you know, it all, it all depends, man. So th- this, I got to tell this story real quick because it's I, funny. This one time... I was in Florida for my aunt's wedding and I swam out to where I was like up to the, up to my shoulders. Like I could touch just barely, but I was up yeah. to my shoulders and I was just hanging out for a little while, staring at the, at the shore. And then I felt something brush my leg for longer than a second. Uh, oh shit. Man. <laughs> and, and then I swam back to shore like a motherfucker. Didn't but I was pretty sure I was dead. Like I, I, I'm yeah. with oh, Phil. I, I, I was all but certain I was dead. And since then, since the rise of YouTube, because this was back in like 2002, mm-hmm. uh, I've realized that yeah, sharks like to f- swim real close to shore a lot. Yeah, like a lot, a lot. It's like their favorite place to be. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, kids, if you're afraid of sharks, uh, you should be. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. I mean, you don't be afraid to go in the ocean. Just gotta be smart about it. Uh, yeah. Or be afraid. I don't care. And you're going to miss nothing by not going to the ocean. See, at the uh, Jersey Shore, you can't see in the water anyway. <laughs> it's so murky. So you'll never. Well, that's see that's a good thing is yeah, that they're like, going. shit, where did that, where'd that bloody nose kid go? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my story is not nearly as realistic as either one of yours. Uh, when I was 20 something years old, me and my buddy were, is a big group. In the Neolithic era. Yeah. <laughs> the Meg was out there and we wanted to see it. Um, but uh, we, there was a sandbar about a hundred yards out. So you had to be a strong swimmer to get to it, but then you're hanging out, standing in the middle of the ocean. And I mean, we're out there and, and we knew, I mean, you know, like you're saying class, you're at your soul, you know, you're a decent distance away and you ain't going to out swim nothing. And we're just standing there looking at the horizon, looking back at the beach. And we're like, dude, it'd be kind of cool if like, Right out there in the distance, you just see this fucking monster come out of the water, and then, and we're like, yeah, and then we're standing there. That face you made, caught. So we're like, yeah, I know we're making shit up. Let's go back to the beach, man. We're too far out, and we just yeah. all the ass back to the beach because they're like, no, because you know, yeah, monsters are fantastical, sharks are fucking real. Let's get the fuck out of the water. Yeah. Well, I, okay. The the real threat, real talk at a beach like that is actually riptide. Is really yeah. the biggest threat. 
when you when you get out that far you have a real danger of getting grabbed by a riptide not necessarily getting attacked by a shark that doesn't happen very often it really doesn't it really doesn't. however jaws brutal i mean like honestly like you know uh, animal conservationists have attributed jaws with being a big reason why a lot of species of shark are endangered or possibly extinct. Because people freak the fuck out. Because people freak the fuck out and, and they'll kill them. And, uh, you know, the other issue is shark fin soup in Southeast Asia. But, sure. you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a crazy thing. Because talk about a fucking pivotal film, right? Like that film defined multiple generations' expectations and understanding of an animal for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, and we will, we will go to our deathbeds no matter how much we can logic and, and watch conservationists talk about how unlikely it is to get attacked by a shark, what the mentality of a shark, is, we are still always going to think of it. We're still going to get into a dark pool at night and look in the corner for the shark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick off top of your heads, favorite shark movie ever. It's, Mine's it's, deep blue sea. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, no, it's, it's so stupid Jaws, fun. Man. I love that concept. I still watch Jaws on a yearly basis, so. Uh, I do love Deep Blue Sea. I have a funny story about Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, I used to work in electronic sales. I worked for Radio Shack at one point, And there was a Circuit City just outside of our store. I walked out the hallway and there it was, it was there. Um, I was walking through there one time on break, just kind of checking out what they had or whatever. And they had Deep Blue Sea playing on one of the big screen TVs. And I was like, yeah, let me grab somebody <laughs> real quick. Because there's like families walking around with oh, kids. Oh, Lord. And it was right before the Samuel L. Jackson scene. <laughs> so I, I grabbed somebody and I was like, hey, dude. And it was a younger manager. And I was like, dude, uh, you probably want to change this channel. And he's like, oh, yeah, why? And I was like, because this is a shark slasher movie. And Samuel L. Jackson's about to get bit in half by a shark. And he's like, and he looks around and he sees like a mom with her kids, like 10 <laughs> feet away. And he's like, yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> Yeah. And so I always laugh at that. It's just one of those things that could happen. So, you know, be careful, parents, because you could be walking through a department store, the few that still exist, and then all of a sudden your kids just get traumatized forever. Yeah. What's I your favorite? Change shark? Mine to shark Tale. <laughs> shark Tale. <laughs> My favorite shark movie is Fallout 3. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. Not Fallout 3, because that's Tunnel Snakes. Uh, the better joke would be a West Side story. Oh, well done. well done, well done, sir. I was yeah. actually impressed. Botch made a West Side Story reference in episode. Yeah, yeah, we're cultured, motherfucker. You didn't make it. Fuck you. It's like awesome. You're not fucking cultured. Just about every You're high school culture. in this nation makes people learn West Side Story. Oh fuck! No, no, no. Fuck, learn it. Watch the movie, man. It's amazing, and you'll see how much it inspired everything after that. Anyway. I like a I like a little mic. I want a little Mr. Rogers neighborhood music behind me here. Hello friends. Today we've we've talked about boycotts and movie pass and sharks and other shit. And I don't remember. So I hope you enjoyed your time in our house because we got more awesome shows at giantsizeteamup.com. We can find botched and not botched and other things that are not botched but you can find them there toy power is out there blazing the finger report and of course we are the flagship show breaking the panel who i vote all three fuck mary and kill 
to be on this show. No, no. I, I can say it. I can say no, it. You know what? You know what? You were you had upgraded to the couch, and now you're back in the doghouse. Uh, outside with the animals. You I'll suck. fuck you, doggy yeah. salad anytime. But check Whoa. out all of our shows. <laughs> Whoa, you heard it here first, folks. Psych cop. And uh, check out my appearance on the Nurse and Work if you can find them on SoundCloud. It, that's a work in progress. If you can find anything on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, email us. We love the emails. Thank you, Iron Spider, for emailing in and giving us a good topic to talk about. We appreciate you for doing that. Uh, go find us on all your podcatchers and check out all our other great shows that are out there. And Klotz, where can they find you on the web? You can find me at twitter.com slash soapboxgstu. <laughs> Tell me how wrong I am about something that I've ranted about in this episode or any other episode. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook through facebook.com slash breaking the panel. Just message and say, hey, this one's for Klotz. That stupid motherfucker's got to die. Uh, and then you can also, if you are in the Southeast and in planning to intend dragon con 2018 you can catch me there uh we can talk about the schedule a little bit now we're going to post it on our social media soon but botched has a panel you can catch me in the audience for that i will definitely be there you can catch me playing a princess bride rpg live with jeff burns from super geeked up and a number of other sweet people that we we did a test session already it was a lot of fun i think we're gonna have a great time uh that's one of the evening times where also you can also catch me on a number of panels throughout the weekend and uh yeah hit me up on social media if you want to meet up shake my hand buy me a beer whatever ha, i stole phil's thing now, now I'm, okay. I'm gonna get the beers wario where can they find you uh imaginary nomad on twitter i just get drunk and tweet about things i'm watching on television if you see me at dragon con uh give me some mushrooms i would love to take mushrooms oh, with shit. you Let's do it. Let's get weird. Uh, we cannot um, publicly endorse drug use on the network. That is the, the views of the host and not the station this has been aired on. Don't parent me. You're not supposed <laughs> to parent anybody correctly. Let me live my life and make my own decisions, Dad. Yeah. As long as you don't fucking kiss us again this year. Yeah, please. I'm going to do that sober. God damn it. Mm. Uh so find me, Rock Out of Podcasting, across all the social medias. Phil will be live with us at Dragon Con. Hey, we can make an announcement. Uh, it is, I don't have the date in front of me, but we're doing Breaking the Panel. It's uh, Comet Flicks, the good, the bad, and the Breaking the Panel. And one of our guests is going to be David Sobolov, who's going to sit on the panel with us and give his top three villains and heroes of the movies and we'll have a great discussion. Uh, we'll also be doing Botched Live is going to have a Crystal Ballroom appearance on. What time is that, Phil? I'm sorry? Is that Friday night at 11.30 Saturday night at 11.30? No, it's Saturday at 10. Saturday at 10. Thank you, sir. And you can check that out. And like Claude said, he and I both are going to be doing plenty of panels. You can see us. Come hang out. We'll sign autographs, take pictures, and have a drink with you if that's what you prefer. Check us out next week where you hear Chris Wisdom say, Oh, yes. God, this sand is hard to shovel. <laughs> I'm not happy about anything. I hate sand. It's coarse and it can I be have a sand allergy. Oh, boy. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.